0: a podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. You're listening to Inspire On The Go. It's your weekly dose of fun, encouragement, real-life conversations, and all things women's ministry, regularly featuring segments from Andrea's radio show, Truth On The Go. If you find yourself on the go, then this is the podcast for you. Now, welcome your host, Andrea Lennon, as we talk about all the great truths that we can take with us as we go through our day. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. We're in the middle of this really cool series here on Inspire On The Go. As we look at what it means to live a radiant life for Jesus Christ, we are revisiting the main teaching sessions from our Inspire Women's Conference where our keynote speaker, Miriam Jordan Ellis, talked about leaving a legacy of radiance. And so all of us as moms and wives and daughters and sisters and women's ministry leaders, and just um, church members and children of God, we all long to just leave a legacy that really doesn't have anything to do with us. It has everything to do with the Lord. And so in this particular teaching session, Marian really challenges us to leave a legacy of faith. And so I know that that's going to resonate with you. I know that's going to inspire you. I know that that's going to challenge you. And so I encourage you to listen to today's Inspire on the Go podcast as we hear the closing session from our Inspire Women's Conference where Marian Jordan Ellis talks about a radiant faith. I was in New York several years
1: ago. I love to go to New York for food, obviously, right? Um, and I was, I've worked in New York many times, and um, there are a few churches I love love, love to be in, and one of those is Brooklyn Tabernacle Church. Has anyone ever been there? If you've not been there, I guarantee you this, you have sang music that has, that's come out of Brooklyn Tabernacle Church, and it's one of those places that when you go there, the presence and the Spirit of God is so felt that you just, you just want to just sit and be still because you sense the presence of God, and I was not there working. I was with a group of friends on a, a trip, and um. And anyone that knows me pretty well, this side of the cross, knows on Sunday morning, I'm in the house of God somewhere. I may not be at home in San Antonio, but wherever I am, I'm in church. And so this particular Sunday morning, this is back in the day of the flip phone. Anybody still cool and got a flip phone? (laughs) There's some power in the flip phone. You're done, you flip that thing, and it's just, I miss me a flip phone, okay? this in the day, the flip phone. The flip phone was amazing because not only does it ring, but when you put it on vibrate, it could bounce across the room. Do you remember that? It's like it had its own little life pattern. And so my purse is at my feet. My phone is on silent, but for about you know, every couple minutes my phone would ring. It wasn't ringing out loud, but I could feel my purse shaking. My purse starts to like go across the floor. And so finally I realized someone's trying to get a hold of me and I excuse myself out of church. And I tell you this because I I will always remember where I'm standing. I leave the building and I'm standing outside on this corner in Brooklyn and I flip over my phone and I have all these missed calls from home. And home for me was this place called Lufkin, Texas, and Lufkin, hey girls, hey, <laughs> hey. Um, you know I'm country now, don't you? Um, so I'd have all these calls from home, and my mom, my sister, my mom, my sister, my mom, my sister. Finally, I call my sister back, and she's, she's bawling. And I said, what's wrong? And she just said, Jill has died. And the the minute she said my friend's name, I, there was no explanation. I knew exactly who she was talking about. A friend of mine that i had grown up with since infancy, we were the same age. Our last name sp- started with J, and we just grew up in school, side by side my entire life. And my sister breaks the news that she has died in a car accident, and it's shocking. She has just had a baby. It was shocking, okay? One of those, like... I will never forget where I'm standing when, you know. So I, my friends come out of church to check on me and I'm bawling and I start to tell them what's happened. And I start to relate to them how this was someone, you know, growing up that I knew that in a, in a, in a world filled with just religious people and a world filled with people who went through the motions, this was someone who authentically loved Jesus. Okay, And we had lost touch after high school and uh, had gone to different colleges and I hadn't kept up with her. And um, um, you know we had really just lost touch, but I'd always remember I had very clear memories of her being someone that was so in love with Jesus. What we talked about this morning, her love for Jesus was contagious. And so fast forward a few months later, her husband is a pastor. And her husband actually, he called me and said, hey, um, Jill was so excited to hear that, you know, what had transpired in your life and how you had come to Christ and, you know, um, would you please come to this memorial service that we're hosting for her? And it's specifically to bring in women whose lives have been impacted because of her ministry. And I was one of those, and I was like, absolutely, I would love to be there. You know, she was a nurse, she wasn't in full-time ministry like me, but you know, I was honored to go and speak at this event for my friend. And I want you to think about that. When you pass away, and the death rate is 100%, um, (laughs) that is going to happen to all of us, what kind of impact will your life leave? And I, as I was flying to this event, I was thinking about you know, how many people would be there and what kind of impact my friend had. I was blown away by the number of women who came. From states away. All to say, because of this woman, today I know Jesus. Girls who went to college with her who say, Jill is the one who led me to Christ. Other women would say, you know what, we worked together and she was a nurse on my floor and she would lead a Bible study for the other nurses. One woman, I'll never forget her saying, I've had five miscarriages. Guess who held my hand through every single one of them? And I was just, I was so taken back and just, the Lord just kept impressing on me the power of one life. The power of one life. And I looked at her life and I saw that she was absolutely the definition of a radiant woman. She loved Jesus so much. She, we looked at her journals. She woke every morning and she spent time with him so that when she went to the hospital or she went to these other places, that she was pouring out to people the love of Jesus Christ. Everything about her life said that she was radiating the glorious light of Jesus to those around her, and everywhere she went, everywhere she went, you know what she was doing? She was bringing the light into the darkness to someone else. You ever been to a Christmas Eve service? When they turn off the lights, and the pastor takes that one candle, and he begins to walk around and touches one, and then it spreads and spreads and spreads. Ladies, that's what radiance does when we live this life that says, Jesus, it's all about you, it's all about your glory. I'm here for you, Jesus. Take my life and let it be everything and all for thee. And that's what I watched was the legacy of my friend. Hundreds and hundreds of women's lives were transformed for eternity because she loved Jesus and she made him known because she loved Jesus and made him known. I wanna close this morning, this afternoon with that just this simple statement. A radiant woman leaves a legacy. A radiant woman leaves a legacy. And a legacy is something that you're leaving behind you. And there's some beautiful, blessed um, older women in this room who you get it, and you can look at us and say, the time is short. The decades go fast. But I think all of us need to realize we're all running a race in a certain direction and what are we leaving behind us? None of us are guaranteed even tomorrow and when we do pass and when we do stand before Christ, what is going to be our legacy? Is our legacy that we collected a bunch of beautiful antiques and that's what we've handed down to our grandchildren is our legacy that we built an empire and that's what we're going to hand down or is our legacy is that we caught hold of the glory of god the only thing that's going to last for eternity and we spent our life passing that down to every person that we could touch We only have one life. We only have one life. And God has said he has entrusted with us this beautiful gift of passing on the gospel to the next generation and to the next generation. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter two. In Ephesians chapter two, we see the amazing gospel spread out to us And it's amazing because the gospel remains something that we will never deserve and that we could never earn, that we were bought and rescued by the precious blood of Jesus that we just celebrated when we sang victory in Jesus, amen? Amen. Victory in Jesus. So Paul starts there reminding us that we were all dead. We were all helpless. We were all in need of rescue and Jesus rescued us. Well, if you've been set free, guess what? Your heart is just bursting with love for the one who gave you freedom. And so therefore, there's a response to this gospel. And this response is, I wanna live for the one who rescued me. Pick up in verse eight, he says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, some translations say masterpiece, I think that's better for a women's conference. We are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works, and there's what I want you to circle in your Bibles, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I don't. I didn't want to say this earlier because I didn't want to put a heaviness on our conference, but I feel like I need to say it now. My my ministry has these retreats for women uh, throughout the year, and um, a couple weeks ago I had this smaller retreat in Texas and. It was called the Restoration Project, and the point of it was for women who have been through a lot of hurt and pain and woundedness in their life come to this place and experiencing the type of healing that Jesus does in our souls. And so in one session, I talked about how, here's the danger, that we can make agreements with the enemy about our lives. See, the enemy, Jesus called the father of lies. And he's always lying to us, and we can make an agreement with him. And if we do make that agreement, we're not gonna live the fruitful, abundant, purpose-filled lives that God has for us. And so we're in this prayer session, and there's 100 women in this room. It's a small gathering, there's 100 women. And I felt like the Lord said to me, there are women in this room who've made an agreement with death that they shouldn't be alive, that they've thought about suicide, they've contemplated suicide, and they don't know their purpose. And so I, I kind of look up from praying, and I, you know, every eye is closed, people are praying, and I said, has anyone made an agreement with death that you feel like your life doesn't have a purpose? Over half the room raised their hands. Over half the room had thought about suicide, had made an agreement that they should not be alive. And when I saw it, I lost my breath and I began to just wail and cry. And I heard the Lord just speak over them and over us that you were created and formed and fashioned in your mother's womb for a glorious purpose, that your life is not an accident. And not only were you born here with a purpose, but God rescued you out of the darkness because there's only one you that can fulfill the mission and purpose that God created you for. And I wanted to speak against the liar that we've made an agreement with that says, my life doesn't matter. Because as long as the living God of the universe puts breath in your body, your life matters. Because he is the king of glory and we are his subjects. And he has said that you are his masterpiece and through you, did you know that he is accomplishing his great purpose on earth through you? So right now, if you can agree with some of those women, you feel like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know if my life matters. Let me tell you that God has called you forth and has given you breath in your body because he has a mission for you to do. There is no accident. You are not a mistake, you are a radiant woman and the light of the world is going to shine into the darkness where you are through you. So I wanna look at how we leave a legacy. The first thing I want you to know um, that leaving a legacy is not just something that happens by chance, right? And if you're taking notes on your notes, The first thing I want you to write right here is, a radiant woman leaves a legacy when she lives intentionally. When she lives intentionally. I want you to look in your Bibles at Philippians 3, very quickly. We're gonna be in Philippians 3 for just a second. And here's what's cool. The Apostle Paul is writing this passage. And in this, you hear his heartbeat. And if anyone lived on intention with purpose, it has been the Apostle Paul. And he had every scheme of darkness come out him to try to detour him from what God had for his life. And what we hear is Paul say over and over, for me, for me, for me to live is Christ. My purpose, the reason I get out of bed in the morning, the reason I have breath in my body is to know Jesus and to make him known. So let's look at what Paul says to us in Philippians 3, um, verse um, 7. He says, whatever gain I had, I count as a loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Why? In order that I may gain Christ and... Be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness of God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this or I'm made perfect, but I press on. Everyone say, press on. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on forward toward the goal for the prize of upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those who are mature think this way. And if any think any other way, God will reveal that to you. Here's the Apostle Paul's heartbeat. He was a man who lived intentionally for the glory of God. He was a man who lived intentionally for the glory of God. So what does this mean for us? We didn't just come to have a great weekend and talk about lights and candles and sunshine and all things radiant and shiny and walk out of here unchanged. I want you to know you walk out of here as the glowing ember of hope in the midst of a dying world and that your purpose and my purpose is to position myself each and every single day so that I can light someone else up with Jesus. The woman who uh, God used to greatly influence my life is a woman named Tanya. And Tanya met me at a stage in life where I was a brand new believer. I was just like baptismal wet. Like I was lost still. Like I did not know anything. I did not know Genesis from Jehovah. Like I didn't know anything. And over years, she patiently loved me, walked with me, taught me God's word, stood beside me, cried with me, held my hand, fought battles with me. And I'm telling you that because sometimes we have this impression that ministry means, oh, I've gotta start a blog. Oh, I've gotta have a platform. Ministry is you taking one girl's hand and walking the road of discipleship with her so that she can love Jesus. Clap for that. There is no more sacred calling than discipleship. It's the model Jesus gave us. Jesus took 12 and then he took three and he poured into them and poured into them and poured into them and poured into them them. and then He sent them out. And that's what Jesus calls us to do. He calls you to take some women into your lives, open up the Bible, pour into them, pour into them, and pour into them, and send them out. This is the ministry of multiplication, and it's how we take the light that's in us and we take it throughout the world. That's how we take it throughout the world. But here's what we have to do. We've got laundry, we've got kids, we've got a stack of dishes, we've got all the stuff, all the stuff, all the stuff. But we have to make living for Christ a priority in our lives. There's never gonna be enough time at the end of the day. So here's the thing I'm telling us, I'm telling me, what we're passionate about, we prioritize, amen? What we love, We make time for. And so here's the thing. When we are women who love Jesus, guess what Jesus loves? Jesus loves a lost and dying world that needs to know him. That's, That's what Jesus loves. And so he's gonna love that lost and dying world through your hands and through your feet, through your tears, through your pumpkin muffins, through your casseroles, and through your kitchen table where you take one or two younger women and you sit them at your kitchen table and you walk with them, you pray with them, and you love them, and then you send them out to go do likewise. So a radiant woman lives intentionally. Uh, The next thing I want you to know is a radiant woman leaves a legacy when, when she lives for eternity. I'm not saying that you're gonna live a really, really, really long time. I'm asking, what are you living for? What's your motivation? What's your purpose? Because I I get it. I live in the Instagram world. I live in the Pinterest world. I live in this world where it seems like if I don't look like this or have this or my house doesn't look like this, then I'm failing and I failed as a mother and all the things, you know, all the things. But God calls us to a different purpose. The Bible makes it crystal clear that one day every single one of us is gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And when I say judgment seat, I don't mean that if you're a Christian, you're gonna be judged for your sins. That was taken care of by Jesus Christ, amen? Amen. But we will stand before him. We will stand before, it's called the Bema seat. And we're gonna stand before him and he's gonna say, I gave you a singing voice. He's gonna say, I gave you, you were born in an age of literacy where you could read. You were born in a country with running water. He's gonna give us a picture of our lives and he's gonna say, how did you serve me? How did you carry my gospel to the ends of the earth? We're gonna be held accountable for this life that we are stewards of. We're stewards of this life. And so a woman who is radiant realizes that this world is not her home. I am a citizen of heaven. This world, I am a pilgrimage through. I am walking through this, but my eternal state is with Jesus, and I'm gonna stand before him, and I'm gonna give account for this life to the king of kings. And I want to be found faithful. Because I know that I squandered the first 25 of my years living in Satan's prison. And I sure don't want to give him the next 75, Amen? amen? Look back at Philippians really quickly. Philippians 3, pick it back at 17. He says, think about this, could you say this to someone? Sister, join in imitating me. And keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many whom I've often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. What is an enemy of the cross of Christ? Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And their glory is in their shame. With minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. A woman, a radiant woman who lives for eternity, she does not let the enemy dull her to sleep. We are awake and we are alert and we know that at any second, hear me this, the prophetic timetable is ready. At any second, the heavens can split open and the King of glory could step on this earth and will he find us ready? Jesus talked more about his return than almost anything else. Almost like, don't forget, I'm coming back. And he's coming back and he has left us here as stewards and servants to finish his work and he's gonna ask, were you found ready for my return? And a radiant woman who lives for eternity is one who is about the business of Jesus. We're about the business of Jesus, knowing that I have gifts and talents that I cannot keep hidden. I have a calling, yes, if you're breathing oxygen right now in this room, and I don't care if you're breathing with support, you have a mission. Every single one of them in this room, God has called into the ministry in some way or some fashion. I want you to turn really quickly to 2 Timothy. Second Timothy four, Paul is speaking to Timothy and he's reminding him of his purpose, of his calling. Um, Pick up verse three, he says, for the time will come, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, you think? But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teacher to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist. Everyone say with me, fulfill your ministry. Ladies, I, um, I wanna stop for just a second and have just a moment to um, silence the fears that women have, the fears that says, I can't, I'm not good enough, all those things of shame that may have been spoken over to you that you're a failure, you're not worth it. The God of the universe has called you and has put a ministry in you that can only be fulfilled by you, and he says, fulfill your ministry. Father God, I ask over every woman in this room that she would have a audacious spirit that rises up and says yes. That she would be a yes girl who responds to your call with a willingness Lord, would you show her the who? Would you show her the women that you are calling her to pour her life into? Would you show her the grandchildren that you are calling her to pour her life into? Would you show her the mission field you are calling her to go to? So God, we just come to you right now and we wanna say no to the voice of the enemy that says we can't, we wanna say yes to the God who says, I've called you, and say, here I am, here I am, send me. Quickly, just to close out our afternoon, three things, a radiant woman lives intentionally. You're gonna have to go home and reschedule your schedule so that you can live for the purpose that God created you. Number two, a radiant woman lives with eternity in mind, knowing this world is not our home and Jesus is going to return and I'm gonna have to be accountable for how I live my life. And finally, a radiant woman leaves a legacy when she lives to lead others to Jesus. When she lives to lead others to Jesus. What that means is this, is that you are ears open, eyes open, in tune, if you were in my uh, breakout session about the Holy Spirit, Remembering that the Holy Spirit who is in you is speaking you and guiding you every single day as you choose which grocery store to go to. That's not arbitrary. As you decide where to have coffee, that's not an accident. As you are shopping at TJ Maxx, you're not just there to get the size nine and a half shoes before somebody else says. You are there as a missionary. And as you are going, someone say, as you are going. The Holy Spirit who's in you will put people in your path, and if your eyes are open, your ears are open, and you know I'm in partnership with the living God right now, he's gonna have you bump into someone who's reaching for the same nine and a halfs. I'm not kidding, he will. And you begin a conversation. And that conversation turns into friendship. And that friendship turns into you hearing about her marriage. And that marriage conversation turns into, hey, well, let's have coffee. And that have coffee turns into you inviting her to church. But if you are not walking, if I'm not walking in step with the Spirit and realizing I'm not here to buy shoes, I'm here to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ, amen? And there are times and seasons where I think we all get excited about our purpose, right? We all get excited. We've come to a conference. We get excited. And we realize our ministry is this. But then life happens. And all the things, right? Well, something happened to me a couple years ago that just brought home to me how dangerous this is. So um, back in college, this is all BC, before Christ, I won the Price is Right. Anybody seen the show, Price is Right? Um, I was, um, my roommate at the time was a big fan. I uh, went with her to spring break to LA and she got us tickets and no one told me you have to camp out all night long just to be on the show. Okay. So we camp out and then they kind of interview you 10 at a time to see if you'll be a good contestant or not. And apparently I talk a lot. So. Who knew, you know? Um, so they bring you into an auditorium about this size. It's pretty small. And they do the whole countdown thing. And I've got ADD. I'm not pre- paying attention. I'm not listening. They count down and then they go, Marian Jordan, you're the first contestant on The Price is Right. Deer in headlights. I don't even know what to do. I'm freaking out. I was not listening. And my friend's like, they picked you. And so I, I go down and I'm freaking out like, okay this is happening and Bob Barker's up there and the whole thing and they fill in the whole row and so they bring out this refrigerator that my sister had just bought and I was like that's $1,200 I am on stage kissing Bob Barker I knew that much and I'm like spinning the wheel, and they give me all these pri- I'm still like in shock. What, 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 what? Go backstage, sign my life away, and we now <laughs> have to get to the airport. It's like time. And as we get in the taxi, and I'm like just won money, a trip, uh, all of this stuff, I'm like, I just, I, just, I just won the prices right. Like I freak out, okay? I freak out. And so I'm telling my taxi driver, we get to LAX, the airport. We pull up curbside. We are so late for our flight. There's a very tall gentleman in front of me, and then another gentleman, and I'm throwing my bags on the curb. The gentleman turns around. It's Robert Redford, and I go, Mr. Redford, I just want the prices right. I tell everyone, I get on the flight, the flight attendant gives me the microphone, I tell him the whole story. <laughs> I get back to college, my sorority throws a party, it's in the school newspaper. I can't shut up about it. <laughs> Fast forward 10 years, I'm at a Mexican restaurant in Houston named Papacito's. If you know Papacitos, it takes an hour to get a table, every day, at all hours. So I'm waiting at the hostess stand because this'll make it go faster, right? And as I'm waiting there, um, this girl walks up and I kind of recognize her and she goes, hey, Marion!" And I was like, hey, you. And she said, I haven't seen you since that party. And I was thinking, oh gosh, what did I do? (laughs) And I said, what party? And she said, The Price is Right party, and I went, what? She said, your Price is Right party? And I said, huh? She goes, "Marion, you won the Price is Right in college. And I was like, oh, yeah, sorry, I totally forgot. I hadn't thought about that in so long. And that's exactly what we do with the gospel. In the moment that we first receive this incredible gift called grace, we're like, you're gonna forgive all my sin? Like even the stuff that no one knows about, all of that? hmm You mean the blood of Jesus covers all my shame? hmm You mean I'm gonna be a child of God for eternity? I don't have to work or stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whoa! My sister has so got to hear about Jesus. And then we've got to tell this person, oh, and my roommate, oh, oh my gosh, I, I've been living with this man for years. He's lost. I've got to tell my husband about At first, when we receive the gift of grace, we can't shut up about it. But then time goes on. And then we get to be good church girls. And we forget how amazing it is that God would rescue us. And here's what a radiant woman does not forget. That there was not one single second of her life that she deserved the mercy of God. And when we stay there, when we stay in that posture of unbelievable gratitude to the one who set us free, Guess what? You can't help but share it with others. You can't help but want to give that to others. You can't help but want to tell everyone about the God who is so good and so glorious, whose blood pays to set you free. You cannot shut up about Jesus. So God, my Father, my prayer is in this room right now that you would renew a holy fire for your name and for your glory. God, where we've grown cold and complacent, where we've lost our first love, God, would you restore to us the love, a love that responds to the undeserved mercy and grace that you've given us. And when you send us out, God, into a broken, broken and lost world as one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Ladies in a room this size, there are some of you, I know that you've come here because someone asked you, or maybe you've gone to church your whole life, but you do not know what it means to have a real relationship with Christ. Maybe you've had religion, But when I'm talking about knowing the voice of the Holy Spirit, when I'm talking about experiencing freedom, those are foreign words to you. And right now, Jesus is saying to you, come home. Don't try harder, don't strive harder, don't do anything but receive the gift of grace. And if that's you, I want you to pray with me right now. Just a very simple prayer. And I'm gonna say a few words and I just want you to make these your words, your own, as you talk to your heavenly Father. Say, Father God, I admit I'm a sinner. And I need mercy. I believe, say, I believe. I believe that Jesus died to rescue me. And I also believe that he rose from the grave to give me new life. I confess, say, I confess that Jesus You're my savior. And I receive this gift of a relationship with God. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
0: This episode of Inspire On The Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth On The Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.